Isn't it great to be together in God's house? It really is. And you know, what a joy it is just to join with one another, to see one another's faces, you know, to encourage one another with a greeting. And that's what church is about. That's what family is, you know. And the heartbeat of this church is always to be there for one another, to be looking out for each other's needs. That's what we want to be, don't we? We want to be there in each other's lives, fellowshipping with each other, just encouraging ourselves in the Lord. And it is such a blessing just to see you this morning. Well, last week we started a series of messages that we call in, You Make the Choice, God Makes the Change. And we said that many of the great changes that we often ask God for in our lives usually requires choices that God calls us to make before change comes. It's not to say that God can't work outside of our choices to affect change, but more often than not, when we want to see great change, lasting change, fruitful change in our lives, more often than not, God requires that we get involved in the process and make the choices that He calls us to make to keep in line with the, cho- the changes that He's going to bring about. Some of the greatest miracles that we see in people's lives in the Bible more often than not were triggered by God-directed choices that they made before God brought about the changes that they desired. The changes that we seek in life, the changes that you might be asking God to make in your life right now will often hinge on God-directed choices that He requires you to make. Holy Spirit-guided, Holy Spirit-inspired choices that He calls you to make in order for fruitful change to come about. Now, if you want a title for this morning's message that I'm going to share with you, it's this, very simply, let go and let God. Let go and let God. And in a moment, we're going to read from Proverbs chapter 3. And essentially, what we're going to see in this great chapter, Proverbs chapter 3, is that it's all about an open invitation for us to trust God. In order for you to let go and let God, you have to trust. You have to make a decision. You have to make a choice to trust God, even when you can't trace Him sometimes. In order for us to let go and let God, we have to implicitly trust God's Word. We have to trust His guidance, and we have to rely on that still small voice sometimes of the Holy Spirit amidst all of the other voices that want to crowd His voice out. Let God, or let go and let God, is all about trusting. It's all about placing our faith in what God calls us to do over what we might want to do. Very often we want to be in control of our lives. Very often we want to call the shots. Very often we want to be at the helm of making the decisions for the direction of our lives. But there are occasions and times where we come to a crossroads in our lives, where God calls us to trust Him even when we can't understand the directions and the guidance that He's giving to us. Sometimes the trust that God calls us into goes beyond our understanding. It goes beyond what we see as sensible what we see as normal. But if we will trust Him, on the other side of that trust is great blessing, is great fruitfulness, and great abundance for 
our lives. Proverbs chapter 3 shows us that choosing to trust God is the secret to living well. Choosing to trust God, choosing to do things God's way is the secret to living well, to thriving in life, in all areas of life. If we will trust Him, if we will follow His ways, if we will allow Him to guide us day by day, moment by moment, our lives will flourish, our lives will be well and successful. If we simply just give our trust over to Him, things will go well. He will make a way where often there is no way. He will make a way through even the greatest obstacles, even the greatest of challenges, even the, the darkest of nights. He will make a way through as we trust Him and follow Him. If we follow His guidance and if we follow the advice of Solomon's words to us in Proverbs chapter 3, our lives will express the wisdom of God, the goodness of God in all things. And that's what we want essentially, isn't it? We want our lives to be successful. We want our ways and our living to, to be well and to be peace-filled and God-glorifying. Well, if we, prom if we follow the advice and the guidance that's given in Proverbs chapter 3, our lives will be blessed. Our lives will flourish and our lives will be fruitful. Proverbs chapter 3 is an exciting call. It's an invitation to all of us to trust the Lord with every single detail of our lives. We never have to bear up now under the weight of life. You know, steam and smoke coming from our ears, stressed out, worried. Of course, we can live that way if we choose to. But if we will but trust the Lord, if we will but put our faith in Him, we won't get stressed out. We won't get worried. We won't get fretful. Every, life, every, every day of life will be a joy to live. It really will. And that's how God wants us to live. But what we have to realize this is this. God will not intrude on our lives. He's not going to wrestle us to the ground or muscle His way in to our daily life to get control. He's not going to force us to do anything. He waits to be invited, and He offers an open invitation to each and every one of us to take up, to trust Him. And when we do that, when we trust Him, when we make that choice, oh, it's amazing to see the changes that take place. When we let go and let God it's amazing to see what happens. You'll feel peace inside. You'll know comfort. You'll know joy. You will know a lightheartedness in life that makes life worth living instead of being enslaved to worry, enslaved to fear, enslaved to trying to make things happen. No, that's not, that's not life at all. That's not abundant life that Jesus died to provide for us. When we trust God, implicitly, with the cares of life, life is a blessing, not a burden. Okay? God wants life. Jesus wants life to be a blessing, not a burden. Jesus did not say, I have come that you might have a burdensome life. No, not at all. He says, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Get that if that's the only thing you get this morning. He's not come to make life burdensome. He's come that 
life might be a great blessing to each and every one of us. Listen to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through to verse 7. And we're just going to concentrate really on uh, verse 5 and verse 7, uh, verse 5 and verse 6 this morning. Proverbs, five, Proverbs 3, 5 to 7, Solomon says this, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Now, just in these, in these verses alone, Solomon gives us a prescription for life. He gives us a prescription, a detailed prescription in how to live life successfully, in how to live life well, in how to flourish and be fruitful in our living. And the key to it all is in one word, trust. The key to life in all of its fullness is very simple. It's in trusting the Lord with all of your heart. And that word trust in the Hebrew language literally means, get this, and we're going to make a big thing of this for a moment. The word trust in the Hebrew language literally means to lie down completely, or to stretch out. How many people like lying down? Everybody in Wales <laughs> likes to lie down. I tell you what, I'm a, I, I, I was born in the valleys. We don't just like to lie down in the valleys. We like to stretch out. You like to lie down? You like to stretch out? Of course we do. We love lying down. We spend most of our time, if we're honest, lying down. Oh, I need a whiff. That's what we say, don't we? If you're from England, you won't understand what whiff is. But if you're Welsh, you'll know what a whiff is. Oh, I just need a good whiff, I do. Well, you've been whiffing all day the way you smell. You need a bit of deodorant, not a whiff. No. No, a whiff in Welsh is a rest. I need a whiff. What you're saying is you need a good lie down. You need a, a good stretch out. So the picture and the image in the word trust in the Hebrew language is that of resting completely, lying down, stretching out on God, laying down all of life's cares, every single one of them. And I'm talking about those mental cares that haunt you. I'm talking about those mental cares that queue up every single day and they come knocking on the door of your mind, and they want answers that you can't give. And that's what stresses us all out. Let's be honest. Jesus comes to us. He says, cast all your cares upon me, and I will give you rest. What is he saying? Come and lie down all of life's cares on me. Come and rest in me. Come and stretch out in me. Don't be worried frantically by all of life's problems. Don't try and answer all of these questions that queue up every day, knocking on the door of your mind for answers that you can never give. Trust. Lie down. Rest in me. That's what it means. That's why the Jews and the Hebrew people were so peaceful. They knew the secret to living. They knew the secret for life. It's in trusting God. It's in putting all of life's weight and all of life's concern, 
concern onto God. Taking it off yourself and placing it on Him. Completely surrendering. Completely being free of all of life's baggage as you rest securely on Him. Now, if you think about it, every one of us know full well what this is all about because we do it every night. We jump into our bed and we lie down. In fact, we enjoy lying down so much that we spread out on our mattress and we just trust it to carry all of our weight. We rest securely knowing that the bed isn't going to fall apart when we lie down on it. Let me ask you a very simple question. Last night when you laid down to go to sleep, did half of your body stay out of bed whilst half of it lay on the bed because you didn't trust the structure of the bed to hold you? No. You lay all of your body, all of your weight on that bed and you lay down in rest. You spread out. You rolled about. In fact, I'll go a little bit further. Some of you enjoyed your sleep last night so much that you were snoring. You were dribbling, you little dribbler. You were snoring. You were, you were dribbling. You were grunting and groaning and rolling and spreading and lying because you just were enjoying the rest and the relaxation that, you, that your bed gave you. You didn't have one foot on the floor as you lay down. Every now and again, personal story, Faye has a number of bruises on her legs. And she comes to me, she says, Dave, I can't work out why I got these bruises on my legs. And I'm scratching my head. I'm thinking, she said, I, you know, I'm really careful. I don't bump into things and knock things. And, and we both, but every now and again, there's a number of bruises up her legs. I, I scratch in my head. And for years, we've been wondering why she gets these bruises. And then one night, I woke up in the middle of the night and my toes were throbbing and I realized I'd been kicking her legs. I don't know what I was doing, but, but I think I was, uh, well, I don't even want to go there. <laughs> I, was I was enjoying my rest, lying down, sprawling, spreading out, snoring and dribbling so much and kicking. But she got, the, she got the better end of it. But it stopped happening now, isn't it, Faye? Hmm. She said. <laughs> I tell you, the amazing thing is, she's never woken up once. So that's a miracle in itself. But you know what? We lie down, don't we? We lie down, we trust, we, we relax, we rest our bodies, our weary bodies from all of life's cares. At the end of every day, sometimes I lay my head on the pillow and I just say, oh, thank you, God. I'm going to close the curtains now on another day. I'm going to go to sleep. One day is ending, and you're giving me this, this time where I'm just not conscious of anything. I'm resting, and I'm going to step into a brand new day when I wake up in the morning. But I know what you lot are like. Very often you enjoy your bed so much, you don't want to get up the next day. You're resting, you're relaxing, you're... And it's like that with God. This is what Solomon is saying. Lay your cares down now. 
enough of carrying life's burdens. A perfect word. Steve didn't know what I was going to be saying, but the Spirit did. Enough of carrying these burdens, your worries and cares for your children, the worries and cares that you have at work, the worries and cares that, that seem so real. You've got to lay them down. You've got to trust God. You cannot carry the weight of that anymore. And it may seem that it's responsible to worry, to carry care. No, it's not responsible. God wants you to be rested in your soul. He wants you to, to know that all is well, that all is good, that you can, that you can live and enjoy His peace amidst all of the concerns and all of the fears and all of the worries that go on around you, you can be still and know that He's God. He's God. He's in control. He's calling the shots. And He will even make a way. If there's ever a situation in your life, He loves us so much that if there's ever a situation in our lives where there seems to be no way, God will make a way. He really will. That's what He'll do. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Solomon says, he's, he's saying, just let God. Let God do it. Let go and let God. Let God take care of it. But the main opponent that often contends with God, the main opponent that often questions God is not on the outside of us, but on the inside of us, it's our understanding. And Solomon highlights this just in the verses that we've read. He's, he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your understanding. Why does he say don't lean on your understanding? Because more often than not, we usually lean heavily on our understanding. But it's our understanding that usually questions God. It's our understanding that usually attacks the simplicity of the guidance that God gives us. It's our understanding that usually, like a machine gun, just fires out objection after objection when God's Word comes to us. I remember years ago, praying and telling the Holy Spirit how I longed to hear His voice. And it was one of those prayers where I felt so spiritual because it was full of tears. It was full of deep emotion. And I cried out. There may have even been a tremor in my voice. Holy Spirit. You know, it's one of those serious spiritual prayers. I long to hear your voice. If you ever hear my voice tremoring, you'll know I'm trying to be spiritual. Holy Spirit. Oh, man, this was a spiritual prayer. Spiritual. I was sweating. I was crying. Nothing wrong with those things. Spiritual prayer. Crying out to the Holy Spirit to hear His voice. Well, the next day, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Just like I'd asked Him to speak to me the day before. And He brought a young pastor into my mind. And He said, Dave, I want you to go and give 50 pounds to that pastor. Well, suddenly the voice that I'd wanted to hear the day before, I didn't want to hear anymore. I didn't want to hear the Holy Spirit say to me, Dave, can you go and give 50 pounds to that young pastor? That was the last thing I wanted to hear. So, I ignored his voice. I ignored his voice because I didn't want to hear what he was saying. But again, 
because I had asked the Holy Spirit to speak to me the day before, the Holy Spirit gently and graciously came again and spoke to me. Dave, gently, ever so gently, like a still small voice, Dave, I want you to go and give that pastor 50 pounds, please, on my behalf. Well, the second time, I gave the Holy Spirit the silent treatment. I just started to drown out His voice with my own understanding. And just like a machine gun, my understanding started to go off against the Holy Spirit and I just started to fire out these bullets of objection, these bullets of logic, these bullets of reason. My God, the Holy Spirit couldn't be asking you, Dave, to, to, to give this young pastor 50 pounds. You're a Bible school student. All the more reason to give the pastor 50 pounds. You're supposed to be learning something. But no, my reason, like a machine gun, went off. God can't be asking you to do that. You've got bills to pay. You're, you're a foreign student in a foreign land. You haven't got much money anyway. And my, my understanding, as I lent on it, I lent on my understanding rather than trusting the guidance of the Holy Spirit, as I lent on my understanding, the voice, the whisper of the Holy Spirit was drowned out. And it, it left. He left. Well, a few weeks later, one day, I was having another super spiritual moment. Sweating, crying, full of emotion. Oh! And now I said it from the bottom of my heart. From the very bottom of my heart. Oh, Holy Spirit! Oh! I just love to hear your voice. I just love it. You see, sometimes it's easy to be so superficial. Sometimes it's easy to be so hyper-spiritual, super-spiritual. Well, no sooner than those words were out of my mouth, the Holy Spirit came. He let me get all of the emotional rendition out. He let me come to the end of my tears and the big, you know, emotional recital. And then quietly as I waited, he said, no, you don't, Dave. Now, this is weeks later. I'd long forgotten what he previously said to me. Weeks later, he said, no, you don't, Dave. Well, my goodness me, I was shocked. No, I don't. No, I don't. What do you mean, no, I don't? I love to hear your voice. I said it again. I love to hear your voice, Holy Spirit. No, you don't, Dave. You love to hear my voice when we're talking about you, Dave. That's what you love. But when I ask you to do something for me, you give me the silent treatment. When I ask you to do something on my behalf, Dave, you ignore me. You become very selective when, you, when you're called to be sacrificial. You become very selective in your hearing. And then he reminded me about the little conversation, and he didn't press it. He didn't, he didn't force me into a corner to obey him. He just was showing me the way that I opted not, I, I opted out of. He reminded me of the conversation that we'd had weeks before. He said, Dave, remember when I asked you to give that pastor 50 pounds and you just, you just blocked me. You just, you just became silent. You just leaned on your own own understanding. You just started firing all of these reasons at me. I've come to help you, Dave. I've come to bless you, Dave. I've come to guide you, Dave. I've, I've come to be your leader, Dave. This is a two-way relationship, Dave. I want to help you grow. 
and you lent on your understanding and you just used it like a machine gun and you cut me down and you, you drowned out my voice with all of the other voices, Dave. No, you don't love my voice, Dave. You love my voice when we're talking about you, but when we're talking about what I want you to do for another person, then you, you, you ignore me. So it was, it was a nice, gentle conversation with the Holy Ghost. Immediately, I said, Holy Spirit, I'm really sorry. Please forgive me. And to make amends, I will give that pastor the 50 pounds that you have asked me to give him. He said, Dave, look, that was then. And I thought, I had a, I had a, a momentary sigh of relief. <laughs> that was then. This is now. I don't want you to give that pastor the 50 pounds that I asked you to give it, give a few weeks ago, and I went, oh, thank God for that. And then he said, I don't want you to give him the 50 pounds, Dave. I would like you to empty your bank account. <laughs> I heard it clearly. Oh, my God. I would like you to empty your bank account, please, Dave. And I would like you to, to just, you know, anonymously give it to the pastor through a friend. Do you know what? I remember to this day the feelings that went through my mind. How my, how my understanding again was standing up ready to protest because it wanted me to lean on it. It wanted me to get all of the ammunition ready to fire out against the guidance of the Holy Spirit that seemed so unreasonable. Empty your bank account. But you know what? I went with it. I thought, well, I need, I need the voice of the Holy Spirit in my life more than I need that money that I have in the bank. I need it. I, I can't live without His guidance. So, went emptied the bank account, passed it to my friend who gave it to, to the young pastor and his wife anonymously. The, the great news was the pastor, when he received that gift, said, do you know what? I've been praying for this exact amount. You see, God can make it work. He said, I've been praying for this exact amount. What a blessing it, it's, it's to me, and it'll meet a great need that we have. That was the report that came back. But as I, as I gave that money, do you know what? I cannot tell you the relief and the joy and the joy that I had. Because finally, I was learning, I was learning not to lean, but to lie down. Not to lean anymore on an old, faulty understanding for guidance but to lie down and trust God in what He was calling me and asking me to do. That was it. Money was given. Maybe two weeks later, my bills started to come in. I had no money. But you know what? It was absolutely fine because I was no longer leaning. I was lying down. I wasn't leaning on a faulty understanding trying to worry whether, whether, where the next meal was going to come from, where the bills were going to be paid from. I was now lying down in complete trust of God's care for my life. One night, and you're not going to believe this, one night I was washing the dishes in the house that I was in. Washing the dishes... And as I was washing the dishes, I just said this to the Holy Spirit. I'd calculated what I needed that particular day to pay the bills for the month ahead. And I promise you, I said it like this, completely unemotional, no sweat, no tears, or no big emotional drama. This is all I said. 
Holy Spirit, I need 150 pounds, please. Thank you. That was it. Whilst washing the dishes. No drama. No sweat. No labor. No travail. Nothing. That's all I said. Holy Spirit, I need 150 pounds to pay my bills. Thank you. I went to bed, got up the next morning, went to Bible school. It was just another day in, in my, my week. Walked into the lecture hall, and a young British student comes running up to me and said, Oh, I received this for you just a few days ago, and they handed me an envelope that had been sent from this country two months before. I opened the envelope up, and there it was, 150 pounds. Not 140 pounds, not 100 pounds, not even 160 pounds, but 150 pounds, just like I'd asked the Holy Spirit for the night before. Why? Because I was lying down. And when you lie down, and when you trust in the Lord with all of your heart, He will make a way where there is no way. When you let go and let God, it's amazing what can happen. Now, let me say this. God isn't telling us to erase our understanding. God isn't telling us to remove it or not to allow it to function. Read Proverbs 2. Proverbs 2 verse 11, I believe it says that your understanding will keep you. So, our understanding, in its, in, in, when it's used appropriately, has great blessing for our lives. So, it's not that God wants us to wipe out or erase our understanding at all. But when He calls us into a place of trust, that's when it's important that we don't use our understanding over trusting God and going with His guidance. That was an amazing time in my life where God showed me the difference between leaning on my understanding and using it like a machine gun, firing out all of its reasons and objections, as opposed to trusting in God and just relying and lying down in Him when He calls us to follow Him and His, His way. Now, God, we're going to bring this to a close in a moment, but God may not be asking you to empty your bank account this morning. Big sigh of relief. No, He's not asking you to do that. But He may be asking you, just like Steve said, to hand over some cares that have been nagging you. Hand over some fears. One occasion, back a few years ago, remember, just my mind racing. All these fears and questions. and You know what it's like. You're in the same battle. You walk the same road often. And it was just one of those days where, you know, lots of live fire going on in my mind. I just said, oh, Lord. You can see what's going on in my mind. I just called the helper in. What do I do here? Do you know what he said? As clear as I'm speaking to you, and you know his voice just like I do, quietly inside, he said, Dave, stop thinking. Start trusting. It's simple, isn't it? Stop thinking, Dave. Well, that's hard to do, Lord. I'm a very brainy person. No, you're not, Dave. You're not. You need to switch your thinking off now. You need to start trusting. You know, immediately as I just started to, to trust God's Word to me, it brought immediate relief. 
where the cares and the burdens and the concerns were just suddenly put aside. They dissipated their, their voice and their effect on my emotions ceased to be. What is he saying? Just lie down, Dave. Lie down. Stop trying to understand what you can't understand. And trust me. Just lie down and rest. Be still and know that I am God. The Lord may be just calling you again to do that. Don't lean on your understanding. Don't put your life weight on it now. Trying to work out what's going to be the future of your children, what's going to be the future of this, that, this or that relationship that you've been in. What's going to be the future ahead of me? No. Don't lean on that. Lie down. Lie down today and find new rest. Lie down today and find new joy. Lie down today and find the peace and the comfort that has been provided for you in this life that Jesus Christ bled and died for. That's how precious you are. That's how precious we are, that He would go to the cross, that He would, that he would suffer in a way that, that none of us can ever know. That's how precious our lives are. That's how much God loves us. He's calling us to lie down, to find rest and peace in Him, because He will never, He will never fail. When you trust Him, when you trust Him, He will not fail you. He really won't. Don't try to live in your own strength any longer. Rest instead by putting all of life's weight on the Lord. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. And just before we pray this morning, I want to read to you Psalm 19. From verse 7 to verse 8. And my friend sent me this this morning at 6, 6 a.m. in the morning. And uh, the message was going to go a different way at this point. But my, ma my, my friend fired this over to me this morning, and I just thought, man, this is just perfect timing. This is fitting, right, for this message today. It says this, Psalm 19, verse 7 to verse 8. The instructions of the Lord are perfect. You can trust them. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. If your soul needs reviving this morning because you've been leaning hard on it and it's weighed down, then it's going to be revived again from receiving this word and from going from this place with a fresh expectation again to hear God's Word for your life, whether it's through reading the Scriptures or whether it's through hearing the Holy Spirit speak to you. Go with what He says, even though it might seem unreasonable to your mind, even though it might seem as if it's, it's impossible and you feel yourself resisting it. Go with His guidance. Let go and let God, your soul will be revived from His instruction. You may need wisdom. There's no better place to find wisdom than in God's Word. There's no better place to find wisdom than out in life being led by the Holy Spirit, allowing Him to teach you and guide you, even in your mistakes. You see, when we crash and burn, the Holy Spirit doesn't give up on us. When I crashed and burned in South Africa, 
and lent on my, whole, uh, on my own understanding and refused to listen to the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit would have given up on me then, I'd have been in big trouble. But He didn't give up on me. And He's not going to give up on any one of us either. It's a bit like, you know, when you're a, when, when you're a little toddler and you're growing up and you so desperately want to walk. And you're walking and you're bumping and you're falling and you're somersaulting and you're doing all kinds of things. You're crashing and banging into everything. But your parents didn't give up on you. They patiently helped you. They lifted you up. They brought you close when you were crying because of the scrapes and the scuffs that you had from tumbling over. And it's like that with God. We may fall and fail many times. But every time, the Lord will pick us up, bring us in, hold us close, and set us on our feet again, and get us going so that we can, we can trust and learn not to lean on that understanding. That's the God that, that we serve. He'll give you wisdom. He'll revive your soul. He'll bring joy to your heart. Has joy left you? As all of the, the words of this world and the news feeds filled your mind and your soul to the point that you're dry. There's no joy left. I tell you, He'll be your joy. His Word, it might be just one word. It might not even be a whole chapter. Sometimes the Lord has just completely demolished all of my fears and, and filled my heart with joy by just giving me one or two words from His Word, one or two little lines. And your heart is revived and you're, you're, you're filled with joy. You might need insight on how to live life. Well, we all need that. We all need instruction on how to live life and how to conduct our affairs and how to treat people and how to be a blessing and not a burden to others. We need instruction. Again, His Word. His Word will bring us up. And there'll be some knocks. There'll be some scrapes. There'll be some, some falling down and some big failings. But you know what? He'll pick you back up. He'll pick me back up. And on we'll go as He instructs us in, in the way. I'm going to pray right now. But this morning, just in these closing moments, let's make a commitment together. As I pray for us all, why don't we just quietly in our hearts make a commitment together to trust in the Lord again? In whatever, in, in whatever way it might be, in however that might apply to your life, right now as we pray, let's make a commitment not, not to lean on our understanding, not to lean on our understanding, but to trust the Lord and acknowledge, acknowledge His way above our ways. Amen? Amen. I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, I, I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for your precious people. Lord, we really do love to hear your voice. There's no doubt about it. I know everybody in this room loves to hear your voice. But Lord, there are times when, when your voice comes and you give us guidance, and we lean heavily on our understanding, and it objects, and it dissects what you say to us, and it just reduces it to nothing, and we walk on by. Lord, I pray, if any of us are here this morning where we're struggling to obey your voice, Holy Spirit, you know the wrestle you know the struggle. Thank you, you don't, you don't condemn us. Thank you, you don't give up on us. Thank you that, that you come in many different ways 
to bring us through the wrestle and the fight so that we can obey and go forward in your guidance to be fruitful and to thrive in life. Lord, I pray if that's the case for anyone here, Holy Spirit, you'll help them. You'd help them. Give them strength. Give them, them the faith and the trust to go with what you're asking them to do. Lord, some of us this morning, we need our souls restored. We're dry. Lord, we're, we're empty. We're running on empty. There's no fuel in the tank. Holy Spirit, just as we go today, as we, as we walk through this week, I just pray that you would come and you would revive our souls, that joy would fill it, that again we would know a new freedom. And maybe all of the stuff that we've been feeding on, we would no longer have within the diet of our life. We'd put it aside and we'd start to feed on your word again and find that it's our life, strength, and health. Father, I ask this for your people in Jesus' name. Thank you for them. Thank you for your blessing over them. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you've never given up on any of us. But you love us. You're with us. You're for us and not against us. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.